Hey guys, welcome to episode 51 of The Green Life. Today's episode is fun. I have two guests here with me, and Christine and Noemi Demet, who are two plant-based coaches who have joined forces with PCRM and Dr. Neil Barnard to bring this lifestyle to a francophone community. Now, before I dive into more details about that, a quick shout out to Namawell for the J2 juicer. You know I love my machine, and all I can say is if you want to upgrade your juicing game, you gotta get the J2. So go into the show notes and get yourself 10% off with my code. Also, we have a wonderful retreat coming up here in May, and it is still time to sign up. So check out all the details in the show notes as well that will take you to my website. I have laid out everything. All I can tell you is it's a holiday, full inclusive with everyday's activity, amazing plant-based food, and a little bit of touring around in this wonderful nature that Northern Portugal offers. Okay, back to the episode. As I mentioned, Anne and Numi joined forces with Dr. Neil Barnard on um, Amunsa, or One Healthy World. And that program, it's really about bringing awareness and consciousness to maybe cultures that don't really embrace plant-based living. Now, we know France loves their animal products, so plant-based is kind of pushed a little bit around. So we're going to talk about how these two wonderful coaches are tackling that market and how they're seeing the response, if they're seeing a growth, and also how they feel about their families uh, if they're not all plant-based. So all this and more into this episode, welcome Anne and Noemi. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on The Green Life. How are you, Anne and Noemi? Good. Very, very good. Awesome. <laughs> How are so, you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about today's episode and I'm really happy that you guys can make the time. So we're going to start from the beginning. That's always a good place to start. So an introduction for people that don't know you. Who wants to go first? And go uh, for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, my name is Anne, and I am a health coach and the creator of Veggie Manifique, which is uh, your go-to for holistic wellness and ve healthy vegan lifestyle. And I've been doing that for around, oh man, like almost eight years, I think. And so it's been a, a long time. And um, I'm a performer as well, so I kind of infuse my content with all that stuff I learned back in LA forever and a half ago. <laughs> um, and also the co-host of Amonsan with Noemi. <laughs> and Dr. Neil Barnard. Let's yes. not forget him. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's not. So, so I'm going to start where she finished. I'm the co-host of Amonsan, One Healthy World. Um, I'm a coach de santé, health coach. And I'm uh, passionate about baking, vegan baking pastries. I've lived in London for 10 years. That's where we, we met each other. And, and that's where my passion for baking started because of all the stress I was feeling in that big city. And, and that's where everything followed. And then one day I met Neil in a coffee shop in Paris. And I, I have the chance to work for the physicians committee. So that's great. That is amazing. That is a great story. You have to tell me more about that. So yeah. um, let's actually go there. Let's go there. So uh, so people that don't know, Amonsan is a program in French, which mimics or mirrors the same in English, uh, One Healthy World. And it was a program that was launched last year, actually two years ago now, um, where basically we are teaching people 
how to be healthy. Uh, well, we PCRM teaches people how to be healthy. And um, there are many, so the different chapters in different languages and you guys are managing the French um, the French language, the French chapter. And I love that because we don't talk about the difficulty that is um, being vegan in a country like France where, you know, meat is such a deep, like not even meat, but just like dairy, animal products are so deeply rooted into the culture of the country. And this is something that I see in all of Iberia, really, Spain, Portugal, Italy. So I can see that there is this uh, theme that is very, you know, uh, correlated to uh, like the pride of the country to the food. So it's it, we're going to talk about that. But Noemi, tell me the story of how you met Neil Barnard in France, because that obviously created the whole ripple effect that went into then creating your uh, joint, uh, you know, efforts to bring one healthy world together in, in France, in French. Yeah, so I was in Paris visiting a friend just for one evening and we were looking for a vegan restaurant and in where my friend is living, it was a bit tricky to find, but we found one that was new and we thought, come on, let's go try it. And it happens that next to me was sitting Neil Barnard and I looked at him and I was like, cannot be true because I had <laughs> bought his book not long ago and I had this book on my bedside table. And I was like this groupie, you know, I was shaking. I was like, cannot be true, like cannot be Neil Barnard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then my friend told me, go speak to him, like, he's going to be very happy, you know? And I couldn't. I was like, no, I can't speak to him. I was really like a huge fan. I am still am. And, um, and then when he left to pay and he was about to leave the restaurant, I don't know what happened. My body just starting acting. <laughs> I just stand and I went to speak to him, shaking, saying, I love your work. <laughs> I mean, now when I think about it, I feel a bit silly. And then he told me that he was um, he was about to he wanted to create a program in France what he had in the United States in the States, but he didn't know how to start. He had no much plan in in his mind yet, but he just knew what he wanted to do. That was a program in France to give awareness about veganism because he saw that there was a lack of awareness. Mm. And he told me, call me back next week. And I call him back and that's where it started. And I met Anne and I met all the wonderful team we have that we are building little by little. And that's amazing because lots of people are writing to me on Instagram. I received another message this morning saying, this is amazing because we don't have anything similar in France. Yeah. I mean, it's starting, but like, which has such, um, that is science-based, you know? There mm -hmm. is lots of Instagram sharing recipes. Mine is one of them, but science-based mm -hmm. research behind I don't think there is anything at the moment. Mm. So that's make, that makes me very, very excited. Yeah. Amazing. The doctors are scared. They are. They are. Yeah. I mean, as um, Dr. Clapper said, they are being, uh, you know, they, they get into the pharmacosis at university. So you have to grab them before they get there. <laughs> so, and it's true. They are afraid of, talk, of speaking up. They're afraid of being different. Um, we know that a lot of people, even doctors, and now we celebrate in the plant-based space, like um, even Dr. T. Colin Campbell, he was really uh, given a lot of um, grief when he started exposing that protein was linked to cancer, uh, animal protein was linked to cancer. And, you know, it's a battle that um, he's still fighting for in some ways. So it's not very easy, but I really think that programs like yours are bringing awareness. And so going back to France, I mean, you both French, but Anne, you are half American, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Franco-American. Yeah. And you live in the U.S.? 
I do now. now. Yeah, as of yeah. Like three years ago. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So being French and being vegan, what was your story? How did you guys, well, each of you go vegan? How did you start your journey into veganism? Yeah, um, I'll I'll start. <laughs> um, so it started for me a long time ago when I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, I started like flirting with it, you know, dabbling, <laughs> but I didn't really know what I was doing. And um, I wasn't able to sustain it. And also, I think that there's a lot of different factors, but I'll, I'll talk about that a in a second. But uh, so I started dabbling and I started being more of like a Chigan, right? around the time when I was about to move to France. So this is like circa 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and which is like <laughs> a long time ago now. And then, um, and then I moved to France and I was like, I can't be vegan in France, you know? So <laughs> then I sort of, you know, went back to, to not being vegan. But then I, uh, after a couple months, I felt terrible and mm -hmm. I gained weight and I was just like, ah, like, and I realized, no, 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 I can, I can do this in France. You know, I'd been there for a couple months. Um, and so I was aware of like, no, 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 I have to, <laughs> I have to go back to, to my, you know, vegan ways. And then, um, as just time progressed, Whereas I started out as a health vegan. So I saw forks over knives, which really changed my life. I should have said that. <laughs> that was like, you know, the the instigator um, in my like, you know, vegan transition. Um, but uh, as I started to learn more about the other side of things, right? So the ethical questions and environmental, it, it kind of all came together. It all made sense, mm. right? Um, but I started out, like when I went through the door, the health door. And I think that's why over the years, I've become a more, I guess you could say stringent vegan, like, you know, I don't wear wool and things like that. Um, because if you're just a health vegan, it's true that you could, you know, justify, well, if you only eat like, I don't know, a couple percent of animal products, you know, you're going to be okay, you know, because if 98% of the time, you know, you're, you're eating, um, you know, plant based, but, but from an ethical standpoint, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get behind that. And that's really when I was able to just switch and it was just like a non-negotiable. So, um, you know, over the, the first couple, I would say the first couple of years of being in Paris, I like was, um, plant-based and then mm -hmm. I became, uh, you know, vegan, vegan, um, probably, yeah, probably maybe three years into being in Paris. And it's funny because, Paris is, I mean, it's different from the rest of France, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but Paris is like a vegan wonderland these days. There's so many vegan restaurants, and I mean, it's just, there's a vegan concept store, and there's like, like at least when I, when I left, you know, Paris three years ago, there's like three different entirely vegan grocery shops, right? Oh, wow. So you could just get anything. Like, it was just like vegan paradise. Um, of course, then I moved, you know, to the middle of New England where it's totally different. But in Paris, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very vegan friendly. The rest of France, like we, you know, are probably going to discuss is quite different. But in any case, um, at least in, at least in, in Paris, it's, you know, it's metropolitan, right? So yeah. there's there's so many different influences and um, a lot, a lot going on for um, for animal rights as well as, you know, just the the, the vegan lifestyle. Yeah. So transitioning, being in Paris was easy because, or keeping your healthy vegan lifestyle in Paris was easy because of all these elements that were supporting your lifestyle. Yes, definitely. And I will say, 
the thing about going vegan is understanding that it's a skill right mm. you need to know where to go like if if mm. you're just like oh, okay let's go let's go vegan you might think that paris is impossible to mm. be vegan like as i did i did it in the beginning right and mm. granted it's changed a lot in the last let's say 10 years but um once you learn oh, okay these are some things that i can get at the grocery store and you kind of learn how to navigate you're changing your habits right yeah. and so until you actually understand um how to go about being vegan wherever you may be right it, it can seem challenging when really um it's just about learning okay this is where i go to get these products you know um these are some of the things that you know i can cook easily it's like a whole you know it's a whole skill set that you're learning and i think that's what's important to to remember as well um not that not to ramble but wherever you are right once you have that skill set and that's one thing that we try to share with amonsa actually is like here are some tools for you to mm. easily eat plant-based or at least more plant-based in your daily life and here's some things you can get at the grocery store you know here are some easy things um that are easy to find that you might not have been aware of before mm. because you just mm. ate differently you know yeah i hear you beautiful naomi your story into veganism well you're also french very french but now you actually <laughs> live in, in spain lived in london for a long time that's where yeah. we met um so what's your how did you transition and why for me it was quite gradual there was no one day when i woke up in that seat i'm, I'm vegan no, it was quite gradual it took quite a while Mm. Um, but it started, I was studying at the university in London and the fact that I was in London made it a lot easier, like, and say, then I come from a village in the North of France of 2000 people. I don't, maybe it wouldn't have happened if I had stayed there. I have to say, yeah. because it's very tricky, but I was in London, which made it easier. I was studying for a degree and in a language that wasn't mine. And I was feeling a lot of anxiety. I think that was in 2015. Mm. A lot of anxiety. I wasn't, I, I couldn't keep up. The city wasn't for me. <laughs> Sorry, I love London, but that was the energy in London is too much for someone who comes from a village. And at that time, my only, my escape, let's say, was to bake. That was my meditation. I will put my apron on, start baking. I will forget about everything else. I will forget about the world outside. Um, and then after, I was like that for a few months. And then I got the news that my nieces had, uh, I mean, the news, I make it very dramatic, but they had developed a very severe eczema. Mm. Um, and we knew that was because of dairy mm. and sugar as well. And then I thought, this baking that makes me feel so good, you know, I wanted to make me feel good on the inside and to make them feel good on the inside, you know, like to be reflected both outside and inside. So that's how I started baking vegan cakes, vegan cookies. It was disaster. A lot of fails, a lot <laughs> of fails. Like the cake wouldn't be cooked. So I would use the butter to make pancakes. So I wouldn't waste the food. <laughs> it was terrible. But little by little, it got better. And then I followed this uh, course by Fran Costigan. I don't know if you... Mm familiar with her I did a six-month course I learned so much and then everything I don't know everything followed I started doing markets in central London where I sell I sold vegan waffles and that was amazing but every time I would go back to France in my village I would be reminded that outside of London we were like in a bubble there Mm. With all the restaurants, I worked as a manager in a vegan restaurant as well, that you know very well, that's where we met. 
Um, and we were in our bubble there. And once you left that place, once you left London, you realize, oh, wow, that's not that easy outside. Even my sister, whose kids had eczema, she wasn't so, so convinced about what I was telling her about how vegan, veganism or dairy-free cakes could help. It, it's been very, very cha challenging, very, very challenging outside of these big cities where you go. Yeah. And do you still find that challenge when you go home or do your parents now understand that you are on a journey that is very much founded in, you know, in science as well as, um, you know, culturally more accepted, I guess. Um, or, yeah, are they more accepting? Are they more welcoming of your choices? Do they embrace what you're saying more? Well, I have to say that the physicians committee has helped a lot because before it was me making my recipes at home, <laughs> uh, sharing them, but like, And now I have the science behind. I have Neil Barnard behind. It gives me a lot of credibility, I have to say. But my mom is a big, she, she will try all of my recipes. But many times she will tell me, no, I can't find these ingredients. Mm. Like tempeh, it's impossible to find. Tofu, you couldn't find it until two years ago. Now we can find it in the supermarket. But she had to go to the special grocery that was like 30 minutes away from home to find tofu. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also important to remember because then it, it reminded me to make, it's not recipes that were easier but like you don't have to have ingredients that are difficult to find you can make a great meal with uh, legumes with uh, mm. the vegetables you have you make sauces there are so many things available to you and you don't have to have tempeh or tofu to make a healthy plant-based meal you know yeah absolutely i think we make it too complicated sometimes as well yeah we do and i think it's because there is then that that wish to make plant-based not only accessible but also exciting because a lot of people think that vegans just eat salads I mean and so it's like yeah no we can eat a lot of food so people try to mimic and also there's that nostalgia right like oh I used to have you know lasagna and you want to make lasagna with the bolognese sauce that looks just like the minced meat but it's not meat so you know people go a little bit extra and 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 it's beautiful because it's very creative and very you know artistic in a way But of course, as you say, if you are starting and you're in the middle of nowhere, but you don't have access to a lot of the ingredients, that is very intimidating and can be actually a, a drawback. So, mm -hmm. so it's good that you are making that accessible. And I mean, and I follow your channel, so even your recipes are very accessible. And and I guess you said, you know, I moved from Paris to New England, and it's a different story here. So, what <laughs> what is it like to find um, plant-based, you know? Uh, groceries there yeah I mean the thing about the states is that there's well okay let's be clear um in New England um you can find things at grocery stores that's for sure but in terms of I guess I guess what I was referring to is like restaurants you know mm -hmm. like I know of there's a vegetarian restaurant here and then I I heard that there's a, a vegan place in a nearby town but it's not like you know, like, I can't keep Everywhere. up like in Paris. Um, but we actually just got a Whole Foods that opened um, about a year and a half ago nearby. And so of course, I'm able to find all sorts of vegan groceries there. It's very expensive. Yeah, they call it whole paycheck for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you have to be careful of that. So you know, I try to, we, we focus on Whole Foods anyway. So like, though you can get like, all sorts of like vegan versions of, you know, meat alternatives and things like that um 
you know, at least at our house, we have a baby and we really focus on trying to eat as many whole foods as possible, as opposed to like, like we have, you know, some fake beets sometimes. Um, we keep some in the freezer just because sometimes, you know, I need to get dinner on the table and it's quick or whatever. But generally speaking, um, the things that we eat at home, you can find in grocery stores, just like normal grocery stores. Um, and then, of course, um, I think the thing about New England is that it, I, I compare it to where I used to live in the States, which was Los Angeles, which, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to sing the praises of Los Angeles otherwise. However, with regard to like food, of course, it's like somewhat of a food mecca. Um, there's so many, you know, amazing mm -hmm. vegan restaurants and things, things like that. So when I didn't, didn't know much about New England and when we moved here, it's kind of like, wow, um, it's different. You know, not as many people are just like, I think, as aware about, you know, veganism, there are, of course, it's it's just not what I was expecting. I guess in that like decade that I was living in France, I thought that, you know, <laughs> most most of the United States was much more kind of like familiar with um, veganism and things like that, but not necessarily. And I will say one thing, though, um, in the United States, there's definitely like this is a cultural difference that's like just across the board that I find quite interesting. Uh, so customer service, right? It's mm -hmm. very different between France and the United States. And that's one thing that I think the United States kind of wins on, you know, not that I, again, <laughs> I, I like both. But um, so if you go to a restaurant and you don't see anything very vegan on their menu, they're they're much more apt to be like, ah, oh, cool. Yeah, I can whip you something up, you know, yeah. like, no worries, right? Um, whereas it's true in France, generally, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, Minnow, <laughs> you know, and I think you know, depending, of course. And I, I, I figured out a whole slew of different techniques when I lived in France. You know, I had, I had it like an arsenal of like, I see that you have, you know, some asparagus on your menu. Could you, would you mind putting that, you know, with this, these, these beans I saw elsewhere on your menu? You know, like I'd get really clever and be super, super nice. I'm nice anyway, but like, you know, I came up with my techniques for how to get a vegan dish if I was in a restaurant that wasn't vegan in France. But anyway, in the United States, it's a lot more customer service based. So then they're much more apt to be able to whip me up a meal and not like be annoyed about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let's go over the pond again in France. So we talked about um, the big city and we know Paris is brilliant with food. And um, now we are just, let's talk about the country as a whole. So at the beginning, I said that it's a very big attachment to food as part of the culture and identity of French people. And so um, cheese, of course, and sadly foie gras and um, other meats. And so... We mentioned at the beginning, before we started recording, Anne and I were talking and uh, we talked about the heavy reality of uh, the countryside in France, especially going towards the south, where practices such as hunting are very much, again, part of the culture. And um, there is so, sort of a very aggressive attachment to it if you try and change that part. So is veganism as a whole, as a whole in, in France, does it feel hard to achieve because of those kind of obstacles and these kind of, um, you know, preconcepts. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go for it. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, we are winning some battles. And, and I, I think that that's important to note. Is, is it an uphill battle? Yes, absolutely. Honestly, 
but like i think for example you know the, the 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 french government was forcing you know companies to call veggie burgers like veggie discs like it was so funny like it was funny and you know a lot of people were up in arms about it and like how ridiculous because it is ridiculous but it's kind of like their last ditch effort because things are going mm. that way anyway you know and mm. i think they're afraid of that you know like trying to make sure that a soy milk can't be called a milk all these like ridiculous battles that they're trying to fight right i think it really is indicative that we're making attraction right and that they are trying to make us call things you know like a rice drink or or veggie disc <laughs> like it's so silly um so i will say that i will say that i i'm seeing at least in in terms of like what people are buying and 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 people are kind of opening up like for example i had um I know like several like, uh, you know, girlfriends in, in Paris who would be like, oh, you know, like I'm vegan except for the weekend, you know, like that kind of like <laughs> they're open to it. Right. But they're not like committing fully. And that's great. That's great. Cool. You know, like meatless Monday. Awesome. If you're used to eating meat most days and then you uh, avoid it one day of the week, that's wonderful. That's progress. That's fantastic. Right. And I think um, in terms of to go back to like the hunting thing, that's the real that's 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 really a challenge because in France there's this like la patrimoine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it in English, like this like national treasure, they think, of meat and dairy and how inherent it is to their culture. And that's the fight, really, because it's the fight of your identity and it's the fight of what you think France is. Right. And we know that France is so much more than killing and eating animals. We know mm. that. Um, mm. But there's kind of a disconnect there because of the tradition, because of the taste, because of the dishes. Right. People are used to eating these things. It's it's um, well, I mean, it's, you know, the tyranny of taste and tradition and texture and these kinds of things. So um, there is progress being made, you know, L214 L214, <laughs> um, is an organization that's working really hard for um, animal rights. They do a lot of great stuff. There's associations, there's more and more, um, there's just more and more movement. We've seen that with Amonsan, you know, we when we have people come on the channel, it's always delightful to, oh, here's another doctor, you know, that promotes a, a plant-based uh, diet. It, it's, it's very, um, it's hopeful, right? So the hunting thing, and then I'll stop, stop going on and on, but it's, it's, I'm passionate about it. So, um, I have a friend that lives in the South of France and, oh my gosh, like, it's really tricky. You almost have to, it's called system D. You almost have to like go around and like figure out like who the hunters are and be like, Hey, you know, do you mind not going on my property? Cause they're allowed to go on your freaking property. Right, uh, to unless it's fencing, right? Unless it is fencing. And from what I understand, well, I I, th I think that you're you're, I don't know about fencing, but I've heard that like they are uh, like allowed to go on your property and hunt, even okay. though it's your mm. property, like so, at least where they live and like whatever. Yeah, heard. yeah. So here in Portugal, I hear is the same, except for if you have if you have um, fencing, they can't trespass. So this lady, oh. this Portuguese lady who lived in the UK for a long time and moved here, she bought a property right in the middle of the mountains. So there's nothing around her. She bought a huge property and it's considered obviously forest. So some hunters went to her and said, I hope you're not one of those foreigners that come here and tell us we can't ha hunt. 
And she's like, that's exactly who I am. And so uh, she fenced the whole place and, um, and basically, um, you know, they got pissed off, but they can't do anything about it because she fenced it. So I wonder if it's the same. Um, that's kind really of, interesting that like, know. cause I mean, if, if that is true, at least in France, then the answer is fences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For people's property, at least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because it is really disturbing because like my friend that lives down this, in the South, she's, she's vegan. And so it's just like, it's just heartbreaking, you know, that these people get to like trample over. And it's tricky as well, because there's all those like small town dynamics, mm-hmm. right? Of like, if you piss off the hunters. <laughs> you piss off the whole town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. delicate. I know I am. The, I'm experiencing that here. <laughs> you know me, um, what, so you come from a small town, but it's in the north. Do you have the same kind of customs when it comes to hunting or is it more something that you find in the south? No, no, we do. I mean, I'm in my family. I'm the only one who eats a vegan plant, uh, plant-based diet. I'm surrounded by meat eaters, and I have uncles that are hunters. Oh, so boy. it's a challenge when I go for dinner at Christmas. So it's it's a real challenge. It's a constant battle that I want to fight with a smile, with with a dish that I'm going to bring because my these people are also passionate about what they are doing and they have their own beliefs. So I'm not going to come and put minds. Uh, in their faces no so i would rather we talked about it in one of the episodes like in what way can you convince the people around you in what way can you make your environment a bit more easy sustainable for you know so for me it's by making dishes bringing them to the table uh, telling my story and i feel like people hear you a lot more and i'm in spain it's another battle because you have ham everywhere it's insane but i really take it as a challenge that really doesn't bother me at all and I live in a, in a small city in, in Spain. I mean, it's 150,000 people. It's not that small. There was no one I knew that was vegan. And so I started giving vegan classes. Mm. And people come not because they wanted to become vegan, but because they were curious, you know. And then I had more and more people. And I was known as the French girl in Spain, in, in Loroño. That's the city where I live that makes vegan classes. So I take it as a game as well. Like it's fun for me to show people and I don't want to be like constantly fighting or explaining myself, you know? Yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is. <laughs> I know. I, I started really, I I felt like I was fighting all the time here. So it's now, no point for your health, for your mental no, it's health. it's not good for your health at all. So I decided that if I have to fight, I'm going to just put my energy into something productive. So I am opening a sanctuary. I'm going to organize a conference that is about all about plant-based sustainability, veganism. And I'm just going to do positive things and then try to really, with a smile, as you said, approach people that are not and try to invite them to learn more and then educate them and just exactly. try to get them in that way because maybe they just need you know that's the seed that is planted there and then at some point it will blossom you know um it's nice to to know that you can perhaps make a change but um i mean it's nice to see here that even in smaller cities like braga you have a lot of vegan options you know you don't have to necessarily go to porto or lisbon um, so it's nice to see that it's starting, but it's also a challenge, especially I, you know, you are in Spain, that little town, I can empathize because being in this little little town where I am and close to us, there is a, a city, a little town called Ponte de Lima, where they still do, I don't know what it's called again, but they they do 
something with bulls once a year and they pull them yeah, with yeah. a rope and it's In just Spain is the same. horrible horrible and there are no animal welfare laws here that are implementing implemented or even you know that 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 protect these animals and it's just horrible to see that people actually think it's normal to do that yeah you know? again we are back to traditions you know like things that have been there forever and yeah and i think we're gonna lose those things with the new generations i don't yeah. imagine our generation wanted to go see those things but it's gonna take still a bit of time yeah yeah unfortunately yes we have to wait a little longer but it's true that i see more and more young people that are not interested in that aspect they're not necessarily aware of all the aspects of veganism but at least they don't want to go to these you know antiquated um I don't even know how to call them. They call them like show and entertainment. That's the problem. That's the problem. The way it's called show entertainment, that's not what it should be called. Yeah. Either, no, you know. it's torture and, and pain and yeah. genocide. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a paradigm switch, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. because you could argue that that is similar to eating meat in that means worse, the torture and whatnot. But, um, but it's really a paradigm shift, isn't it? Because you might lament, ah, you know, I, like I did when I was growing up, when I was younger, you know, I was like, oh man, it's, it's, I love animals. You know, I really had like a kind of cognitive dissonance going on when I was, a, when I was a child, you know? Um, but I thought that we needed them to mm. be healthy. And it was just this like, you know, circle of life, like the, and so there was this kind of, um, um, well, it's too bad, but that's life, right? And mm. then obviously, as I as I grew up and I got more information, I was like, no, no, no. The good news is, is you don't, you don't have to kill animals. You don't have to. You can still thrive, and in fact, you will thrive more. <laughs> you mm -hmm. will thrive. You won't like, you know, just survive. And so I think um, there, with like, say, bullfighting or any sort of like uh, animal sacrifice ritual or whatever it is, like creepy <laughs> thing. Um, you know, it's a, it's a similar paradigm shift of like seeing it for what it actually is. Cause people love to say beef instead yeah. of dead cow or, yeah. you know, there's all these words that we use, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's a show, you know, about like a, a bull torture thing. Right. So it's, it's this, um, this shift to really seeing it for what it is. Cause we've been brainwashed. I was brainwashed. Most of us mm -hmm. were brainwashed when we were kids. Yeah. All of us, you know? And so it's just like opening your eyes to realize, ah, okay, that's actually, that's actually not true. And that's, you know, there, it, it's almost like I'm getting to this point now where I like shout from rooftops, you know what I mean? Like I'm really at that point now because I'm like, guys, there's good news. <laughs> the good news is you don't have to kill animals, you know? Like I know you thought you did because you thought you might crumb, you know, shrivel up and die if you didn't have steak. But the truth is you don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I think that it's really um, it's it's a uh, it's a real paradigm shift. And I loved I wanted to respond to what you said, Chantal, about your your efforts, right, to have a sanctuary and, and to just really like do positive things, because that's that's what's going to help people to wake up and to have that paradigm shift right those mm. positive efforts you know like i mean you can argue whether how much you know certain efforts that like we make for for veganism whether you know there's lots of militant efforts that and then there's other like efforts that are more based on like eat more plant-based there's all these different efforts and i think they all have absolute merit um but it's true i i i tend to agree with this like positive kind of like eat more plants, crowd out the other stuff, you know, mm. then the wheels start to turn. And then like Noemi, I know she's super 
um, able to positively like keep a, you know, like we were talking, we did a live and uh, we were talking about what do you do when someone like questions your vegan diet? And I was like, well, <laughs> you say, hey, and Naomi's like, well, but like <laughs> you could also like be, you know, like have humor with it. And um, and she's so right, because like sometimes I need to calm down because I am so passionate about it, I mean, you know, because people respond really well, I think, to such like an open hearted kind of approach to it, because again, I think we we come from this ignorance or nations or not nations. Let's, let's let's say what it is. Ignorance kind of standpoint about what's happening in the world and also with regard to the 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 beauty that you don't have to eat animals. Absolutely. So with Amon's song becoming more and more um attractive to the French community uh, what what do you see? Well, what, first of all, what do you see the differences between the first time it launched? And by the way, I was very glad to be part of it. So thank you for the invitation. And um, and to now where, you know, you obviously launched a new series and it's starting again. Do you see more engagement? Do you see more attraction? Do you see people are more aware of it? Yeah, it's a work in progress. Um I'm sure there is a lot more we can do, but we're getting more and more guests, which is amazing. We're doing lots of Instagram live and I receive a lot more comments on Instagram about people who are not agreeing with us. And I love it because that means people are speaking about it. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, I don't care the way you speak as long as you speak and then you create a, I mean, if you're not insulting us, that's fine. Um, I posted something about dairy last week um, and I got so many comments private messages saying that what I was saying was not true, that a little bit of cheese every day is not going to harm anyone. And I love that because that means there's still so much to do. And with the team, we want to, we are here to stay and to create more. So that's great news. Amazing. I love it when you can actually tell somebody, uh, you know, milk is the perfect food for the animal is made for. <laughs> I mean, isn't it crazy that we think that getting milk from a woman's breast is gross, but we go to another animal, like another species breast to get it? Like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with us? What's wrong? Brainwashing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a child, I did think, not just as a child, for the longest time, I did think, I swear, that cows made milk just because they made milk. That's what they were doing. Isn't that yeah. crazy? I thought that too. That we just are, are like conditioned to believe that that cows are just milk making machines, as opposed to them making milk for their babies. Yeah, I never even conceived that until later. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, same. Yeah. So it is something. So it's starting, and I love that. I love that you want to start a positive conversation with people that disagree, because that's how you're going to educate them. So I love that. Brilliant. And in your personal journeys, what's the next steps? <laughs> Challenging question. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> Anne. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, personally, you mean like for, for Veggie Magnifique? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, man. I've had all these things like on my to-do list with Veggie Magnifique, but I had a baby. And it's true that... <laughs> You know, I only have so much time and we've been doing so much with Amon Sans. So I've been, you know, definitely focused on that. Um, but uh, in 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 the 
the wings. Um, I've been working on uh, a membership for for moms actually, and for like two years I've been working on this, and I'm getting really close to being able to launch, which is just like it's like another baby actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I that I um, am so so excited to to launch because the, I think motherhood has been such a well, I know motherhood has been been such a huge huge experience for me, and I. I really look forward to connecting with other like-minded moms and being able to like uplift each other. Cause I guess I feel like that's something that I, I felt was, was lacking at least, I mean, it depends, but I don't want to go on Facebook all the time. I just don't, you know? So I I'm hoping that other moms <laughs> will want to connect like, you know, on a platform and then we can share and like talk about how to just be, you know, as healthy as possible, even when we're moms, because it's true that, you know, we obviously are, are extremely devoted to, to our children and, and that, you know, takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And so, um, as a new mom, I've certainly gone through like, um, periods of just like total fatigue <laughs> and like, you know, overwhelm and all these kinds of things. So anyway, 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 I'm really excited to, to, to launch. It's called Mama Magnifique. So hopefully oh, in the next- no, no. Thank you. Um, month or two, I'll, um, I'll get that, you know, launched into the world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like for, for me, Veggie Magnifique is really about authentically connecting with people. And mm. if I didn't alter my content, I just hit my mic. If I didn't alter my content, to reflect this huge thing that happened to me, which is motherhood, then I just wouldn't be able to do it. It wouldn't be authentic, you know? So I, yeah. so my content, you know, in addition to obviously being about like holistic health and healthy veganing, I'm also, you know, kind of pivoting as well to add in this huge part of, of who I am now, which is being, you know, a vegan mom. So yeah. that's, that's kind of, yeah. in addition to Amonsan, that's kind of been my big focus. That's great. I love that. And uh, I love that your wedding, actually, talk about your wedding for a second, which was completely vegan, yeah. was featured on, um, was it Veggie Magazine? Was it Veg, Veg Magazine? Yeah, it was It was featured um, in Veg News. And then Veg News. Um, a kind of spinoff of Veg News is also vegan weddings. So that was, I was so excited. It was it was so fun to, to be featured and to share about that because it was just I mean, it was such a magical experience. So it kind of allows me to kind of relive it, you know? Yeah, I saw the, um, the video and I, I will post it actually down here because I felt like it was really a good, also a lesson for you because you, um, for others, because you went to have your wedding in Mexico mm -hmm. and you were not necessarily in a place that was vegan. So you had to kind of get different caterers to understand how to make the vegan food, which yep. to me, you see, is what um, even Naomi was saying, like trying to allow people to learn new things with what they have accessible to them. So, you know, even your um, feedback to the pastry maker, like that cake is like, <laughs> let's redo it. And they did it. They did it right. And it's like, you know, giving people the feedback and the help and how can they, they can really bring their skills. So even if you go to a restaurant that is not vegan, the chef should be able to do whatever because they are they have this amazing skill of cooking. So it doesn't matter that they use certain things they used to. They could, you know, be very creative. So I think it's a beautiful story. So we will link it in the show notes because I think people need to watch that video. It's great. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And we'll also, as soon as your course comes out, let, let me know so I can post it um, for, for on, the, on the platforms as well. 
Thank you. Um, yeah. And Noemi, you are obviously like the international traveler teacher. <laughs> What's going on? What is the next thing for Mimi Delicacies? Yeah. So um, now I was thinking about it. That's such, such a great question. Uh, I think my, my goal more than ever and ever, even more since I joined the PCRM is to help people transform their lives through their health, through the food they eat, you know, mm -hmm. um, more than ever. And my, my dad was diagnosed with cancer last year and he's fine now. But we realized, I realized even more how much the life, your lifestyle impacts uh, your health and the way you live. And you don't realize until something happened after time. And it was, it was a great challenge because we transformed his life. We changed his diet. He started meditating. And, and that's what I want to do for a living even more. And with the PCRM helping us and, and bringing the science behind to convince people, this is why you should be doing it. That's what I want to do for a living really more and more one-on-one -on -one with people. And I know it's not just about the food you eat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really important to eat your, your veg and your green veg and everything, but it's a 360 degree approach when stress is taking into account sleep as well, because you could be eating all the, good food in the world if you're constantly stressed your your body's probably not going to absorb those nutrients mm -hmm. as well as if you were not stressed so and i want also to show people like it doesn't have to be complicated like we said before with the food you don't have time to do a 20 minute meditation i understand i didn't have time today but i did one minute of breathing before i had my meal because i was on a fight or flight situation this morning before mm -hmm. i ate so what i did i sat down and i took a few breaths for a minute And it calmed down everything. It's, and that's the thing. It doesn't really, that's the thing I want to, I want for people to understand. It doesn't have to be difficult. It's small things that you implement every day on a daily basis that is going to make a difference, a huge difference at the end. So that's what I'm passionate about. Amazing. Well, you guys, uh, you're on, uh, on on the right track for changing the world. And I love that. And I'm happy that PCRM acquired two jewels because I feel that, um, number one, no, having a French program is amazing. And the nice thing is for me has been that I can share it with people that live in Portugal because so many Portuguese have lived in France and speak French. So this is a great way to share with them because it, there is some some resources here, but not many, just like, you know, Uh, you might not find uh, at the beginning you didn't find in France be before PCRM so it's nice to have that because they would understand the language and try to really share and, and change the mentality of people and as you said Noemi it takes it might take a, a bit of time we have to go through a generation maybe but we can start now and I'm sure we'll see you know results already maybe a small scale that then develop to bigger bigger scale and that's really well, what planting matters. the seeds planting, planting those the seeds. seeds yeah exactly so mm -hmm. thank you for the work that you do thank you thank you Chantal yeah, we I hope to have it. you again in in an episode as well yeah you let me know when <laughs> <laughs> take care see you soon thank you bye-bye thank, so bye. Bye. thank you Anne and Noemi and thank you everyone for staying on for this episode I hope you gained a lot out of it especially if you live in France or know anybody in France speak French and want to learn more about plant-based living, go into the show notes and check out Amonsan or One Healthy World. I really feel that this program is going to bring awareness to 
a reality, right, that people don't want to look at, especially in a culture that embraces eating animal products to the extent that France and other Iberian also uh, countries where I am do. Um, there is a bit of resistance there, but hopefully knowledge will open up people's hearts and and stomachs to better food. <laughs> so if you like the episode, please do share it, review it, and let us know how you feel and what you want to hear. We really love your feedback so that we can keep on growing and I will see you next week.